Hey, welcome to another episode of the Classic Pickup Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Whips, and I hope you enjoy this episode. This podcast is sponsored by Classic Pickup Supplies, your number one Ford and Chev pickup parts supplier. Mention Classic Truck for a 10% discount off your first order. Classic Pickup Supplies, located in Coolum Beach, Queensland. Call 07 5446 2667 or visit their website www.classicpickupsupplies.com.au. Classic Pickup Supplies, dedicated to the restoration and preservation of the pickup. Episode 65. This week I catch up with Nathan Green from the Gold Coast. He's got a really nice 51 GMC Suburban that he's just had a whole bunch of work done to and uh, been following along on this build and, uh, you know, really interested in Suburbans at the moment. Obviously working on one myself here uh, for my mate Josh. So pretty cool to have a good chat to him and, and sort of hear the story and he's had some cool cars and things in the past too. So. We're back on Aussie soil. We're speaking to an Australian owner and um, you know Australian builder. So good to uh, good to get off the uh, American guys for a while. It was a bit a bit funny how that worked out, but uh, no, it was a good episode. And we've got another one coming up behind this one. So thanks guys for your patience. I know there's been a bit of a gap between some episodes, but happy to report that uh, we're back to doing a bit of recording and, and getting a bit of stuff done. So yeah, great episode with Nathan. I uh, really hope you guys enjoy this one. All right, Nathan, uh, mate, thanks for joining us on the podcast. We've been uh, to and fro a little bit trying to get this one together, but uh, awesome to finally have a Suburban on the show, mate. So thanks for joining us. No worries, Michael. Thank you. Yeah, we uh, we had a panel, a really cool panel truck, uh, one of the episodes, but this is, I think, our first Suburban, so I'm stoked. But uh, yeah, so you're up on the Gold Coast, mate. Um, tell us a little bit about your you know, your backstory. What, what were your early influences as far as automotive stuff? Okay, backstory. Uh, not so much my father, but uh, my mother was married to a race car driver in the 80s. His name was Charlie O'Brien. Raced a lot of Taranas and stuff like that uh, in Bathurst and Lakeside. And um, yeah, so I, I spent a lot of time while they were married growing up around all these race cars and um, trucks and they had a hauling business as well. And um, yeah, it was basically that but you know i wouldn't say that segued me into what into what uh i'm at now it was just always something that was always around when i was a child that's all so but yeah that's about it really yeah and and growing up as a teenager sort of did you have a vehicle before you got your license or or you know did you start off in a hyundai xl or or what's the dirt on that situation Nah, mate, actually, I was pretty lucky. My old man um, forked out 1300 bucks and bought me a HQ uh, sedan for my first car. And, yeah, spun around in that for a while and, you know, with no license, as you do when you're young, and um, that had to go and, uh, and then ended up getting a HR Premier and that was my second car. <laughs> and then it just kind of went downhill from there. It was like Commodores and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think we all do it. It's, it's it's funny. I think you know, like my early early cars were kind of Ford Fairlanes, but then I sort of started getting like VN Commodore station wagons just because they were good for surfing out of and that sort of stuff. But 
you know, they sort of become vehicles that, you know, you go to the car shows now and, and young guys are actually doing them up and it's like, wow, it's strange. Yeah, yeah, they're all, all old school now. It's, uh, <laughs> I don't know where you draw the line. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I guess, you know, a lot of guys will say it's a bit of a rolling 25-year thing, you know, that's what your historic plates are or whatever. So, you know, a, a 1990 yeah, VN Commodore certainly fits the bill these days. It does, it does. Mm. Yeah. And so then, what, you're a tattoo artist by trade? Uh, mate, I, I was uh, up until halfway through COVID, hit uh, 20 years I was in the game for. It was time to get out for me. So I sold my business and um, moved on to other things. And um, yeah, it was more of a, a health and uh, mental sort of, you know, physical and mental and stress and it just wasn't it was just too much in the end for me and um yeah i had to, I had to let it go and uh i was actually gonna keep working keep tattooing uh on the side after getting my truck license i was gonna I thought i was only gonna get a couple of days a week doing that and uh, ended up being full time so yeah basically in the water truck and uh, looking after a shopping centre up here on the Gold Coast, so a lot of maintenance and um, landscaping and stuff like that. So, and I haven't had a chance to pick up a machine and and even tattoo my wife or all my friends, um, which is a shame. But um, you know, I think uh, soon I'm, I'll be ready to um, start doing a little bit of that again and um, just sort of sneak my way in a little bit and um, just keep it on the hush and you know not tattoo strangers yeah i mean look you get to a certain point after 20 years of doing one thing you know it's i don't know if you've lost the passion for it but you know i know even sports and things where i've done it for so long i just get to a point one day where i just go you know i've done that i'm I'm sort of ready to a new challenge and move on to something different so that that happens quite a lot i think yeah Mm. it does it does and you know you get to a certain age and you you know you kind of like well questioning things you know i've never had superannuation it's the first time i've had superannuation and um you know my, my pay goes in every week i don't have to worry and um you know the bills get paid and i, I get looked after so it wasn't so much a passion thing it was uh it was just more of a a health issue for myself uh, i had to get outside I, you know sitting down for 20 years isn't healthy so it, um yeah so it was it was a it was coming, and uh, COVID, COVID basically, um, you know, made me awaken to what was going on. And um, you know, I, I don't see a very bright future for the tattoo industry in Australia, let alone worldwide. I, I don't know what's going to happen. And um, you know, it's unfortunately tattooing was the first kind of industry to that suffered quite bad from COVID anyway. So. You know, regardless of lockdowns and all that business, but uh, they they held it out for as long as they could with us, and um, you know, it was yeah, it was it made my decision easier. That's let's put it that way. Yeah, no, for sure. And you know, just looking through a bit of your Insta stuff, you you look like you you've been a motorbike guy for quite a long time. Was was that the real passion early on, as far as automotive stuff for you? That's a that's a hard one too. I mean, my my first bike I got when I was eighteen. I think it was a uh, XT250, um, an 80s one, you know, steel tank chook chaser, um, and then didn't have anything for ages and, um, you know, struggled a bit through my youth, uh, with money and stuff like that. So it was, 
it was a hard one and uh yeah it was basically you know once i could kind of afford that stuff again then i kind of segued back into that um you know that stuff so it's um yeah motorbikes you know i've, I've had a couple uh my first build shovelhead went into Ozbike, um and then did another one after that uh and flicked it pretty quick uh, about a 58 pan head i've had a few bikes yeah definitely had a few bikes yeah yeah and was that something that you were wrenching on them yourself or was that kind of a yeah i yeah definitely it's um yeah i'd i'd, I'd kind of try and fix it and then wreck it and then have to call me mate dan up and he'd come help me so you know i'm I'm not i'm not that clued on to be honest it uh it was it was you know i love it i love to do it but i'm just not that uh capable and um you know i don't have that many tools either but i give it a crack and um you know whatever i can't do my mates usually help me out so yeah yeah <laughs> That's I think that's most of us. You know enough to be dangerous, and then and then you just learn a bit as you go. <laughs> yeah, well, it's it's easy to strip stuff down. It's just harder to put it back together. That's all. So. <laughs> yeah, then you wonder what those six bolts were left over for. You know. Oh yeah. <laughs> so I I see you had a fifty three Chev Bel Air. Have you still got that? No, mate. Well, the the funny story with the Bel Air which kind of brings us to here to having this podcast is um, I was looking at a 1950 um, panel truck uh, up in Toowoomba and uh, I was that close to biting the bullet and um, you know that that 53 popped up and it was half the price of this panel truck up here and um, I jumped on it I jumped on it real quick and um, yeah sort of uh, Put a little bit into that. It was a really good car. I miss it. Uh, I don't own it anymore. It is local here on the Gold Coast. Young bloke, young bloke bought it off me. Um, uh, so, yeah, and then um, flicked that, and then uh, bloke uh, in the Rang uh, built a uh, 29 Model A for me, open wheel hot rod, which uh, I ended up swapping for a bloke down in Melbourne for the Suburban that I've got now. Yeah, right. So that's... A bit of a circle, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I do miss that vehicle. It was a really good car. Um, that that young fellow who's got it, he uh, he got himself a good car there. So yeah, yeah. So that was the the unicorn. That was the one that got away. Yeah, yeah. Or well, maybe one day. So so that was a a two door um, fifty three. You, you bought it. It was uh, some sort of a canary yellow colour, but you you went the um. The Sam the Sam Clark style of painting and just ground it all off. Basically, it looked like. <laughs> yeah, so it, it was the disgustingest yellow you could possibly imagine. It uh, you know it was one of those um, American uh, TV show. You know, had the twenties on it. It um, <laughs> someone had spent a lot of money on it prior to me getting it, and um, yeah, it was down in Melbourne. Apparently, it was in Melbourne since two thousand and nine in a shed down there, and they never, never, ever put it on the road. And um, bloke put it up, and uh, yeah, I, I snapped it up and uh, got it up here, and yeah, hit it with the paint stripper, and uh, surprisingly, there was not one bit of rust, not one bit of bog uh, in that complete car, and um, yeah, stripped it bare metal and uh, made a mine painted it up for me, and. Um, yeah, that was it, and, uh, and then about two months after that, I sold it. So, 
uh, yeah, you know, you move on to other things, and that's kind of what I do. But yeah, mm, cool. So, so let's talk about the the GMC um, nineteen fifty one GMC Suburban, which I know a lot of people think that the Chevys were Suburbans, but they um, they carried that name through through both brands. What what's the story behind that vehicle getting here to Australia? Do you know? I do, mate. Actually, I uh, I tracked the one of the original uh, people uh, that had the car over in Arizona. So when I got the vehicle, there was a um, photo album under the seat which uh, uh, Darren Newton was the bloke I got it off uh, down in Victoria but um, yeah there was a, a photo album under the seat and um, had all these old photos of this woman and it looked like her father and her husband doing a build on this Suburban and um, anyway there was a couple of little stubs and you know little things from you know a hot rod show and stuff like that where they'd won an award and had her name on it so with the powers of Facebook, I jumped on and um, tracked this lady down, and um, she got back to me. It took it took a couple of months before she got back to me, um, and she replied, and she said uh, that her and her partner and that um, restored the vehicle, and they used they've got uh, a special needs son, and they were um, basically commuting the child um, from Arizona to some other place uh, in that vehicle. They had quite a large family. And um, last she knew of it, a friend of hers uh, bought it and then um, he moved it on to a Mexican bloke in LA, which is where Darren Newton picked the car up from uh, in 2009. So I think the vehicle's been in Victoria since around 2009, 2010. Yeah, cool. And and it pretty much uh, looks like it had original suspension on it at that stage, maybe a little 350 Chev in it. Was that sort of how you got it? Yeah, that's correct. It, uh, it still had the I-beam front end in it. Um, I think the only mods, I think even with, with Darren, he when he got his hands on it, it still had the 350 and the um, 700 transmission. Um so that basically went through, still had the drums on the front and everything. And, um, yeah, I basically pulled it off the truck up here when I got it and uh, drove it home and then drove it straight down to my mate's house and uh, the body was off the next day. <laughs> and uh, I, I didn't even get to drive it pretty much, you know. So it, uh, it went straight in and, um, you know, it come with a heap of parts. I, I don't know if you were familiar with that vehicle being down there and, and Seeing it for sale, but it came with a lot of stuff. So there was a Mustang two uh, front clip and stuff like that, and um, yeah, bought an airbag kit and uh, handed all the stuff to my mate, and he went through it, picked out the junk, picked out the good stuff, and um, off he went. Yeah, yeah, no, I did see that for sale. Um, my mate here, Josh, who we've had on the podcast, he had a uh, a fifty three, uh, fifty two or fifty three um, pickup for years and and he's just had a you know he's got a small family that's growing and he sort of made the big decision to to sell his pickup and and to find a suburban and so we were looking around quite a bit and, and saw that one up for sale at one point and then in the end we ended up buying um an untouched uh suburban out of oklahoma and, and importing it over here and i'm in the middle of stripping that apart at the moment but uh yeah no that's really cool so you know obviously you you had a plan in place to start with. Now, tell us about uh, Darren Caswell. He's done all the work for you on the truck. He, 
I've actually never heard of him prior to seeing your stuff, but it looks like he does a lot of really good work. Yeah, that's correct. It's, uh, I don't want to, you know, it might sound funny, you know, but he's, he's like Rain Man. Uh, he's like a, uh, the Rain Man of old trucks and cars. He's just, it, it's crazy. The stuff he knows is just insane. Um, you know, he does everything, you know, he's a hell of a machinist, fabricator, mechanic, painter uh you know he painted the 53 for me um mate he just you know ported my heads on my hot rod um port matched all the manifold and everything like that did all the triples fixed all that it's just the stuff is just it's insane it, i'd hate to see what goes through his mind at night but uh he just doesn't stop uh it's a funny one too i mean no one's no one will really hear of him it's i was introduced i was lucky enough to be introduced to him through a friend of mine um and that's basically how he works so there's no shop front there's no cool name there's nothing like that it's uh he's got a couple of big sheds out of his property um and you you kind of build a, a friendship and then uh you go in and um and then he starts looking after your stuff so i've got friends of mine that uh are coming down through now seeing how my truck's kind of finished um that are being introduced and then that's how it goes with him it's it's not you don't just roll in and uh go you know can you fix my car and can you do this build that's not how how he works but um which is a shame i know you know a lot of people would probably like to to get some stuff done by him but um he uh he just he just does his thing man and um you know he'll do one car a year and he'll squeeze a little bit of stuff in there in between and um yeah, he's just a cruiser. He's very quiet, keeps to himself, and um, like I said, no big logos, no cool names, nothing like that. He just um, he just works works hard and um, does a really good job. Yeah, the, there's a good scattering of those guys around the country. I I, I know a guy uh, down here, not far from where I grew up, and you know every time I drop in to see him, he's got some different really cool truck or hot rod in there, or, or he's done some pretty high end bikes as well, and you know, if you Googled, you'd never find him. Like, he's not on social media. He, you know, he's just a one of those real grease monkeys that just gets the job done and pays the bills and, and loves life. So, yeah, they're out there. But that's awesome when you, you know, I mean, if you if you find that you've got a three-year waiting list to get work done by one of these guys and you only found him because you got recommended, then, then you can be pretty confident you're getting some good work done, right? Yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, you know, he's, He's got enough stuff of his own sitting there that he uh, he'd just be happy to you know pot along and and you know do his stuff and he does anything you know it's not like he does old stuff he he, he does specialise in old stuff but you know he'll boost a Volkswagen Combi you know or you know it, he'll put a side mount K motor K series motor in a Datsun Ute you know it's just bizarre it's just, it's insane insane. Yeah, cool. So, so tell us a bit about what he did for you. Obviously, uh, he's he's put that Mustang two front end that that came with the vehicle in there. It looked like he didn't have to do any real chassis mods at the front there, so that's pretty handy. He just managed to get that to fit underneath and and lay frame. Yeah, that's right. So it uh, it it wasn't a complete um, front clip. It was it was parts. Um, you know, with the cross member and all that, it wasn't it wasn't an assembled piece. 
so a lot of fabrication um, was customised that he'd done as well. Um, so the front was basically, um, you know, putting that front end in. Then there was a bit of boxing, um, and then you know, moved on to the to the back. The, sh- the chassis is straight as it's. Um, yeah, so we pulled a lot of uh, the old, you know, rivets and unnecessary weight that was on there and uh, stripped it right back to, to bare chassis. I don't know if you've seen the photos there, but um, it it was basically, yeah, a couple of rails. and <laughs> That's about it when we got it down. Um, yeah, we must have pulled probably, oh, God, probably like 80 kilo of excess Material that didn't need to be there, and um, and then yeah, cut and notched it and boxed it, and um, yeah, so that that kind of didn't really take that long to be honest. It's quite quick, so the whole build it entirely took about nine months, and it would have been quicker if he didn't break his thumb a couple of months ago. So yeah, uh, yeah, it would have been done in about seven, really. Yeah, well, you know, I guess in some ways it, it helped for you. You already had you know, your glass and your rubber and your doors and your bodywork was all pretty schmick. So it was it was really just do the chassis and, and probably remount mount the engine and yeah, that's um that's good work though. I mean what what did you end up doing as a um you know, are you running AccuAir or, or what's the system that you're running for your air control? Uh, air control is uh, there's a local company up here called Thor um do uh, kits there. I think the kit's actually called Down. Um, so they've, they've got their own sort of deal there. Um, it, it's all a level. It's um, basically not far off an AccuWare, to be honest. Um, yeah, they do really nice bags, and um, yeah, the system seems to be perfect. Really, it uh, does what it needs to do, and um, you know, doesn't break the bank and yeah, no, it's it's all good. I mean, there there was a few issues with the vehicle uh, that were unseen prior. You know, we we did an agreement over the phone, basically me and Darren down in Victoria there, and um, you know, we both gave each other's word, and um, yeah, you know, there was a few little things, you know, like cracked engine mount, and, you know, things like that that probably weren't even noticed up until you know the the car being stripped down. Um, there was a little bit of rust up under the, the rear guard there. Um, the rest of the body, the floor was um, still pretty good in it, um, but that all got steeled out and it's all new floor and everything like that. But, yeah, the, the air ride system itself, uh, they do a really good kit and, um, yeah, it's it's priced pretty good, to be honest. Yeah. Mm. No, that's cool. It still had the one-piece timber floor in the back? It did, yeah, and um, and and all the grime to go with it. But uh, you know, <laughs> still bits of Arizona up in there. Uh, it uh, yeah, it was it was pretty pretty dirty. But <laughs> it's all it's all sweet now. It's all nice and clean, and um, yeah, it's 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 good. Yeah, yeah. I I was amazed when we we started stripping this um, this Chev Suburban out that we got here, and uh, you know, I I, I just thought we'd be able to unbolt the timber floor and you know just drop it out whether it would come out of the top or out of the bottom and and the more i looked at it and i was just like i don't understand how this comes out and i actually got on a couple of the u.s um suburban sort of facebook pages and i you know i said to these guys hey, 
how do you get this floor out? And they're like, you don't, like you got to cut it out. I was like, what? And yeah, so when, when they built the Suburbans, the first thing that they did was they, they started with that timber floor and then they start bolting all the other panels together around it and then, you know, welded it all together. So basically, yeah, there's, there's no way to get that out as one piece. It was, it was phenomenal. So I, um, yeah, we ended up just ripping this one up the middle and, and kind of dropping it all out. And I've still got it here as a template. We've got it actually set up on the floor with the seats bolted to it right now just to, we're trying to work out because we're, we're doing the same thing. Basically, we're going to fully bag this thing and uh, what we need to be able to do, you know, still have the back row of seats and set that up so as it, you know, instead of having the legs on the seat where they that'll get mounted sort of hard to the floor and then the notch will drop down and you'll have leg room. So you, you've kind of just left yours effectively set up as a five-seater, haven't you? Yeah, so we the, the rear seat that was in it, uh, to the best of my knowledge, was a Mopar bench seat. Um, so I think they'd stuck it to the original um, frame. Uh, look, I, I, I pulled that out. I, I did want some room in the back, so I kept the two-seater in the middle. Um, Darren chopped about it would have been about 100 and 100 100 mil or so off that seat and dropped it right down just to keep it in line with the the driver's seat you know they because they do step up and stuff like that so it was kind of a bit hard to see out the back so he, he shortened the seat itself brought it closer to the ground uh that that actual seat is still on the original floor level um and then it the the notch steps up behind that and um and then carry through all the way to the back doors. Um, so yeah, it's um, it, it's lowered the seating. I mean, to be honest, I'm I'm six foot three, so it's a little. And with the visor, even driving that thing is a bit hard. I've got to kind of hunch over and and try and see, you know, a little bit in head. But I wouldn't mind even bringing the the driver's seat down, you know, 100 mil, and you know, get a bit saggy in there, you know. So it's um, yeah, no, it's a uh, yeah, the notch. Yeah, it, um, yeah, it's all good. Mm, awesome. And and have you have you owned and driven a bagged vehicle before, or was this kind of new new to you? And if so, how do you find the comfort and the handling and and that sort of thing? Yeah, so the fifty three uh, was bagged. Um, so that was probably that was definitely my uh, first bagged vehicle. Um, you know, I live up in the mountains here on the Gold Coast. It's a bit sketchy coming up and down in those things, but um, no, it's not too bad. I was talking to Darren uh, yesterday about the truck, and um, you know, I think we're going to put some uh, sway bars in it, and um, yeah, give it a little bit more torsion and keep it a little bit tighter on the road. You know, but uh, it, it seems to roll a little bit, uh, but it's not. You know. It, it's not a race car. It's a cruiser, and um, you just I just putt along. You know, I'm not I'm not a lead foot or anything like that. So, yeah, just cruise. Hmm. No, that's awesome. And are you are you part of any um, car clubs or anything like that? Do you do like a historic thing, or is it on full rego? Uh, it's on full rego. A couple of us, we, mate. We've got a, like a little bit of a club. It's just a it's just a social thing between me and my mates and. You know, we just fuck around. It's not, it's not like, you know, <laughs> you know, it's not like a massive club and, you know, there's certain rules or anything like that. We just do what we do and we have a bit of fun and, you know, it's nothing serious. It's, you know, it's, I don't think it would, anyone would have even heard of it. 
you know, we just do our thing and, yeah, like I said, it's just a joke and, yeah, we just cruise and have fun. Yeah, yeah. No, that's cool. And with your engineer, was that something that sort of Darren works with this guy all the time and, and he sort of handled all that side of the build for you or did you arrange a, an engineer yourself? How did that work? Uh, so there was – the way it all panned out, just before Christmas, the car was um, finished, so we were kind of scrambling and um, – you know, Darren's like, oh, you know, we'll get the engineer in anyway. He called his bloke. Uh, I think his bloke that he usually uses uh, wasn't answering, so he's probably um, on holidays by then. And um, there was another number that uh, he had been given by another friend of his, and um, he called the bloke, and he's like, yep, I'll come up. That was Christmas Eve, and... Um, yeah, he basically come up and um, went over the car, did his thing, and um, threw all the codes down on the plate, and um, off he went. And then I made a mad rush to the Queensland Transport Department, and uh, you know that was a bit of a mission there as well. I mean, there was no um, nothing on file for a 51 GMC Suburban in the Queensland Transport database, um, so they basically had to make a file uh, for that vehicle based off, off the information that I'd given them. So there's nothing like that registered up here, you know, not a, not a 51 GMC uh, at all in Queensland and nothing ever been registered here. So it, uh, it, to me, that tells me it's the only one here in Queensland. And, um, I don't think the numbers are that high Australia-wide either, to be honest. I think a uh, bloke I've been talking to on uh, Instagram, he's saying there's six or seven uh, Australia-wide that he knows of and, um, you know, a couple of them aren't even... Uh, I think one's, um, yeah, your, your mate there with the... Is it the Aqua one and the... Yeah. There's another one coming in or something, is that correct? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think yours is probably at the moment the only GMC Suburban I've seen in Australia. I don't know whether you've seen another one. Mm. I haven't seen another one, no. So it's... Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't even think there was a 51 Chevrolet even on their thing, on their database either. But um, you had to give them the, the tear white GVMs and, yeah, they had nothing. And, um, you know, I know basically had to give them, you know, from 49 to uh, 55 and they, they just still couldn't find anything on their system. So uh, they they put it down as a Suburban, not a carry-all, but... Um, just to make things a little bit easier because they have nothing on their system anyway. So, yeah, so, so yeah, it's it's a pretty rare thing. And, um, yeah, that's why, you know, I had to jump on it. I, I kind of had a hole in my heart from the, the 50 panel truck that I missed out on. So that's why I uh, snapped it up. Yeah, no, that's wicked. Yeah, I, I have a 49 GMC Suburban that is um, still currently sitting in Texas and just uh, having a little bit of, well, I don't know if they're issues, but it's taking a bit of time to get a title sorted out for it. The old title had been so old it wasn't really acceptable. And in Texas, you've got to go through this bonded title kind of through the courts. It's a bit of a pain in the ass. So, yeah, I'm in the middle of doing that. And then um, then I'll be bringing that over and, and giving it the treatment. So there'll be, a, there'll be two... There'll be two suburbans in one little country town. It'd be really quite strange, but uh, <laughs> yeah. 
Well, you guys are up in uh, the Highlands there in Victoria, are you? Yeah, yeah, we're, we're in Mount Beauty up in um, just below the ski resort of Falls Creek here. So, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's yeah, pretty cool. cool. There's a, there's another guy here in town too, Rocky. He um, he was on one of the very first episodes of the podcast, and he's he's like a proper old school, um, you know, in his sixties, old panel beater, and and he's got a fifty seven. GMC Cameo, which are the ones that had the fiberglass bedsides. Um, yeah. 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 And so it's a super rare truck. They only built so many of them. They came actually with a Pontiac V8. So, yeah, really rare beast. And, and he's doing a – it's not 100% original, but it's it's very original um, build on that at the moment. And that's that's in a shed up the road. So yeah, it's funny. Little little town, you know. I don't know what the population here is, but it wouldn't be more than two or three thousand people. And we've got five or six really nice pickups here. So it's cool. Yeah, no, it feels like a good part of the country too. Um, down that way. Mm. And then, you know, a question I do like to ask guys, you know, like if you if you could go back in time a little bit, I mean. Sounds like you're pretty happy with how this one's turned out. But is there anything you, you might change or do differently if you if you started again? Uh, not so much. I mean, the, the, to me, the truck's uh, not finished. Uh, it, uh, we had a few transmission I- issues the other day on its maiden voyage. Um, so it, uh, it's back at Darren's. It had nothing to do with Darren. It was just something that was uh, overlooked uh, and, you know, probably both of us or you know we it should have been checked and it just you know you, you take people's word for things and um you, you know you just don't check but it, it's a lesson for for um for myself and darren you know but he he called it because it, it had a bit of a shifting issue anyway and he's like oh i'm not not too sure about this transmission and um sure enough it's uh, about you know i think i put about uh, 100 110k on it and uh, it packed it in, so it's currently at Darren's now. Uh, another mate of mine up in Logan Home who owns transmission um, shop, and uh, so I can't really get it in there until the seventeenth. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's back in. I, I you know I, I want it I want it to go to paint. Um, I have no idea what I really want to do yet. But while it's there waiting for the transmission, uh, Darren's going to fab up some fender skirts and. Um, you know, fill the, the old um, original uh, fuel filler hole in and stuff like that because that, all the fuel tank was relocated up to the back of the vehicle. Um, so, yeah, just little things like that that, you know, I probably should have kept it there and just got them done. But, you know, when you, when you get it, you've been waiting nine months and you get it registered, all you want to do is get it home and um, and drive it. But, um, I know, the, the truck will be up there until the weekend and, um, I think he's actually got it sorted already. I heard my phone beep before, so I think he's actually sorted it. I think it was uh, a filter or something going on, block filter in the transmission. But yeah, so yeah, he's once again he's uh, outdone himself, <laughs> solved my problems, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, you're always going to have those little issues, aren't you? And and I mean, that's the whole. The whole idea, once you get it out and give it a shakedown, and you know you find these little issues, I, I don't think anyone's ever finished a build and driven out and everything was perfect. You know, there's always a bit of something going on. So, no, that's really cool to hear, man. Yeah. It sounds like, um, yeah, I mean, you've been dreaming of of having something like this. Obviously, the panel didn't work out, and, and you ended up with something else that wasn't mm-hmm. exactly what you wanted. And 
Yeah, now you're there. So, so what color are you thinking? Do, do you have any ideas on that? Uh, well, I mean, the, the dash, uh, it's a matte black, the whole truck, and um, on the interior, the dash is done in a, it's like a kind of like a burnt orange. Uh, possibly, I think there might be a bit of pearl through it. I'm not going clean. Uh, I do want possibly to keep it mostly black, maybe, and then like a patinaed orange to match the dash. I'm not too sure. I might even just basically go, you know, a fresh coat of matte black over the top and um, and call it a day. Uh, I do want a set of Supremes. I've been, there's a set down in Melbourne I've been looking at, and I'm, you know, I'm like, no, <laughs> I've, I've poured a bit of money into it, and um, you know, do I pour a bit more, or you know, do I hold off? I mean, this is my last car. I haven't got another car in me to be honest, and um, so. This one's a keeper. Uh, I'll keep hold on to it for as long as I can. Just you know, it is a rare vehicle and uh, it's super cool. And you know, the engine's tight. It just uh, like I said before, that transmission's the only thing that kind of let me down. Um, all the fab work, everything like that that Darren's done is 100% A1. Um, I can't give him enough credit to be honest. It, it's um, yeah, it's very happy, very happy with that car. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's always the it's such a hard one to tackle, isn't it? Like you, you know, obviously probably don't want to talk about what it's cost you so far to get it to where it's at. But I mean, you get to a point where you got to start thinking to yourself, like you, you one part of your brain says the vehicle's probably only worth this much if you had to sell it, so you don't want to spend more than that on it. But the reality is, when you're building it for yourself and you're planning to keep it, who cares? You know, like just make it the way you want it. And in 10 years' time, it'll probably be worth that much money anyway, you know. So, yeah, I, I don't think they're ever finished. I think you'll you, you'll be tinkering with it forever. <laughs> yeah. Well, definitely for as long as I can get to keep it for, that's for sure. I mean, you know, you never know what's around the corner. And, um, you know, life seems to throw curveballs at you every now and then. But, um, mate, if everything goes smooth, then, yeah, that, that one's uh, definitely going to have a, a nice warm spot in the garage, that's for sure. Cool. And I, I did see a photo you had a swamp cooler. Um, I've, I've always been intrigued with how well those work. Did you did you get a chance to give that a bit of a shakedown or not? Uh, no, I, I chucked in the back of the truck and took off. <laughs> it's sitting in the garage. Um, it's still. It's. Uh, I got it from a bloke out uh, out of Beanley. Imports a lot of trucks and um, impalas and stuff like that. And um, he's. The stuff this bloke's got in his garage is just incredible. We, he's just got everything. And um, anyway, it was one of uh, four that came through, and um, that one still had the internals. So Australian Customs will always pull the internals out, and throw them, and uh, they didn't check that one. So it actually still has all the uh, old horsehair and mesh and hessian and uh, the, you know the spinning mechanisms all in there. So. You could actually run it, and it would work. <laughs> yeah. Mm. No, it's cool. Yeah, I, I just thought I always wondered whether those, you know, whether you end up with a bit of moisture in the vehicle or not from them. You know, do you know? Have you used them or know much about them? No. Well, from what Darren's told me, um, so they've got a basically a cord, so they they spin. So inside is like a, like a cylindrical uh, filter, and it's uh, packed with uh, like a material like hessian horsehair, sort of like the straw kind of looking stuff it's not very nice uh and then you fill it up to a certain point uh which wets this this uh center 
and uh, and then you pull on the cord and basically it will spin um, and flick uh, small amounts of water. So it, it's not so much a cooler as where it kind of will spit water vapor, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah, no, they're cool. They, yeah, I mean, they I, look I'm, cool. I'm, yeah, I'm not going to run it, to be honest. I, I won't be putting water in there and spraying it. I mean, I live up in the rainforest and, you know, even just the car being here for the three weeks and the weather, it, uh, it stinks a little bit inside already. So, yeah, I won't be I won't be using that swamp, swamp cooler up here, that's for sure. Yeah, cool. Did you put did you put AC in it or has it got an AC kit? It does, mate. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm not sure who put that AC kit in. Um, yeah, Darren regassed it. It uh, he showed me the temperature. He put a gauge on it the other day, and it's running at about six degrees, um, which is pretty good for that truck because it, it gets bloody hot in there, you know. And um, yeah, no, it's it's freezing cold AC. It's almost. I'm 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 a little bit scared to use it. I don't even use AC in my my daily car, and um, I don't know why. I just, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I just don't use it. So yeah. Yeah. No, I've always been a windows down kind of guy, but you get those just certain days where you go, "Fuck! I wish I had air conditioning." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I probably will, but um, yeah, I haven't used it yet. So awesome, mate. Well, you know. Congratulations on the build. It, it looks awesome. Um, I've got a really soft spot for Suburbans. I don't know why, um, but I, especially that era, I really love them and can't wait to mm. you know get this one we're building done, Josh's, and, and then obviously get my one yep. in from Texas. And yeah, it'd be cool. Uh, we might have to put together a big Suburban show at some stage and try and get a few of them together. It'd be a really cool thing to do. Oh, absolutely. I agree 100%. Uh, no, I love what you're doing there, mate. That um, you know, it's good you're taking time out of your personal life to um, you know bring awareness to what's going on and and some of the stuff you know that's getting around. And, um, you know, I've had a look through your page and stuff like that too, and there's some killer stuff out there. And um, no, just thank you for you know showing Australia what's out there and and what's going on. No, no, it's happy to do it and, and sort of happy to share stories and connect people. You know, like. Like you say, there's a lot of guys who, you know, they're just kind of doing their thing and, you know, if you can talk, you know, if you get to a situation where, like, I can ring you up and say, hey, can you just check this thing on your Suburban and measure it for me or whatever, you know, like, it's just those those connections that, that you sort of create and and I think everyone, it's good for people to realise that, you know, you don't have to be a pro shop to build something and you don't have to have a million dollars to have something cool you know it's you, you can do a pretty basic build on a hq chassis or you can go spend the money and get something you know professionally airbagged or you know there's a, there's a million ways to appreciate this little hobby that we're all uh, addicted to so i enjoy sharing it yeah no no it's awesome That's good job yeah. all right mate well look thank you so much for uh taking some time and chat with us uh we'll post up some photos of your build um with with the episode and uh yeah look forward to catching up one day and having a beer with you mate awesome mate sounds good michael thank you well that's the show for this week thank you for listening i hope you enjoyed this episode all information shared in our episodes is general and you should contact your engineer for advice on your build please remember to rate and review the podcast on itunes and share it with friends and fellow enthusiasts on facebook itunes or the good old word of mouth i appreciate hearing feedback good and bad 
So please feel free to shoot me an email, classicpickuppodcast at gmail.com. If you are interested in advertising on the podcast and have a relevant business, please get in touch. And finally, if you have a project you're building, it can be hard to find the time to work on it. Just spend 15 minutes a day, even if you only unbolt one panel or mount one bracket. You'll be amazed at how quickly it all adds up. The music you hear in the background of this podcast is called Hammer On Down by Uncle Bonehead. Until next week, enjoy the ride.